Hello, welcome to the Healthcare Marketing Underground Podcast for the week of October 12, 2015. This is episode 272, and I'm Chris Bevelo, EVP with Revive Health. Joining me today is Chris Boyer, also, uh, not also, but SVP of Revive Health. You're also with Revive Health. I'm also with Revive Health. That's what you meant to say. <laughs> yes. yes, of course. <laughs> and we have a special guest with us today. We have Julie Yu, who's co-founder and chief product officer at Kairos. Julie, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. So um, Kairos is a client of ours, but also friends of ours. We've known you guys for a little bit. Uh, but give us some background on you, Julie. You know, hot, you're a co-founder. So give us a little bit of story about Kairos, where that came from, what your backstory is, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, so Kairos was founded about four and a half years ago, and uh, it's basically a technology platform that is used by hospital systems to solve their problems around supply and demand matching. Uh, essentially, this problem of how do you get patients to the right providers in a way that, that uh, leverages those providers' expertise and their availability in the right way. And it actually is a sort of a theme, a, a play on a theme that uh, has persisted throughout my career. I'm actually a software engineer by training and have, have been in the enterprise software space my entire career, um, initially in the area of e-commerce. And uh, what's interesting about uh, some of the problems that we'll talk about today is that many of them have actually played out and uh, have, have uh, been born in other industries, including e-commerce, this notion of, you know, you've got consumers on the one hand looking for a specific service or a specific product with very specific needs and, you know, using technology to essentially create these online marketplaces or tools by which they can then be matched to the appropriate quote-unquote supply or the actual product or service. Um, and my, my background, uh, you know, was not healthcare originally. I was actually a pre-med uh, major as an undergrad. Oh, wow. So always had a uh, personal interest in the intersection of healthcare and technology, um, but then uh, made a, a concerted career change into healthcare about a decade ago. Um, had a chance to work with my co-founder and the CEO of Kairos, Graham Gardner, at our prior company, Generation Health, uh, which we sold about five years ago and then started Kairos. Wow, that's cool. So once again... Here we are in healthcare. So I've been in healthcare for about 15 years. Chris, you've been in it for a long time. Once again, healthcare is behind other <laughs> industries and, and understanding these issues and trying to apply them the right way. But that's why we're always constantly advocating for people to come in from outside of healthcare, even from just that's a marketing right. standpoint, which is where we typically focus. But uh, boy, we need more people like you, Julie, who, who have expertise in other areas to come and apply it to this one. So We've got a whole team of them here at Kairos, so it's been a true asset to be able to both bring experts uh, from the outside, but uh, also have a number of physicians and people who have actually been in the trenches um, on the healthcare delivery side, uh, and marrying that, that, that together has resulted in, in a lot of magic. That's great. That's great. So you guys, you have a lot of expertise and I want to move on to, you know, normally what we do, Julie, at this um, kind of part of the show is we go through our laundry list of speaking engagements because Chris and I speak quite a bit. We're going to put that aside and focus on one because Chris Boyer happens to have a speaking engagement coming up at your own symposium at the annual thought leadership on access symposium, uh, which is sponsored and, and put on by Kairos. Uh, and it's Tuesday, October 27th through Wednesday, October 28th in Boston, Massachusetts. And let's just start, Julie, give us some background on this, this conference. What's it about? Uh, would love to hear also from Chris, you about what you're going to be speaking on, but I know you got some other great speakers there too. So, uh, give us the story on the conference. 
Absolutely. So ATLAS, um, or the Annual Thought Leadership uh, on Access Symposium, was a, a brainchild of our marketing team last year when uh, you know we had been working with a number of health systems ar- across the country around issues related to patient access. Yeah, and they were struggling with what we refer to as the patient access paradox, this notion that you know we as patients are told to wait weeks, if not months, to see a physician and get an appointment. And yet, you know, one would assume that that's because all physicians are really busy, booked out solid. Um, but as we started to engage with these providers and really dig into their schedules and, and their true capacity, what we learned was that there was actually a tremendous amount of underutilized capacity sitting, um, you know, sort of idle within these schedules, and that it was really this fundamental mismatch uh, problem that, that these health systems needed to solve. And what they didn't have was a playbook, you know, really for um, how do I even start to think about this problem, let alone how do I solve it using some of the more modern technologies, um, whether it's, it's software related, whether, uh, you know, even um, kind of the human elements of, of the change management uh, aspects of it. And so uh, the goal with Atlas was to create a forum where both Kairos clients and non-clients, folks, anyone really from any large health system thinking about the problem of patient access could come and meet with their peers and literally leave with a playbook that they could take to their executive leadership teams, their um, operating teams, um, with some ideas about how to create actionable plans for for solving some of these problems. And uh, so last year we had our inaugural event. Um, It was uh, quite intimate. We sort of deliberately kept it small. Um, it ended up being a huge success. Um, just be, uh, you know, the, the nature of it was that it was really the first time many of these folks were coming together, sharing ideas, talking about their wins, their losses. You know what worked, what didn't. Um, and so this year we've decided to uh, sort of double it in terms of size. It's now a two-day event versus one. And um, the themes um, this year that we will be touching upon um, have to do with really three major prongs. Uh, one is what is the clinical impact of patient access? You know, oftentimes we think a lot about the patient experience and the financial aspects of things, but at the end of the day, this is really about a better clinical outcome for the patient. Um, So we have a whole series of tracks uh, that uh, involve physician leaders, physician executives from many of the organizations that we work with um, to talk about those things. Uh, We do have an operational track that talks, um, that will feature many of the folks who run these patient access programs at these hospitals uh, to really talk about the ins and outs of what they did, how they did it, what they struggled with, et cetera. And then finally, we we do have a financial um, theme uh, around, you know, how do you actually measure Uh, the outcome and the impact uh, in quantitative form um, of these programs so that you can actually justify further investment uh, in those things. So a really great lineup, um, many great speakers from all different uh, parts of the industry of, you know, uh, non-clinical industries. Um, We we are very thrilled to have Chris Boyer speaking uh, really about one of the major uh, sort of trends, I would say, uh, in this industry, which is around consumerism and how consumers are becoming much more Uh, smart and uh, informed about how they go about looking for what the best choice might be when they're seeking health care. I mean, when consumers are choosing health care, that's always been kind of a challenge. Being in that, I've been in the hospital systems and hospital systems for about a decade now. And, um, you know, it was always when I first started, when we when I came in looking at uh, how, how do people search for doctors online? There was this mantra that said, well, consumers don't really know much about what they need. We're going to share with them what they actually need. 
And you know, it was it was almost like this sort of uh, sort of like they were putting consumers down. They're not making intelligent choices when they're choosing doctors. Maybe they have their insurance guide them guide the way, or maybe they have you know or whatever the you know th these other factors. But we know what's better because we're the doctors. We know what the right doctors are for them, and that's changed a lot, Julie. Mm -hmm. I mean. I mean, uh, th that attitude, I should say, has changed a lot. The consumerism has been around for a while, right? I mean, this whole consumer choice, I, I remember years and years ago when we were, we were able to choose a variety of things, you know, like it's not only hotels and, and, and airlines and I mean, there's a, there was a lot of choices available back in the early, you know, 19, well, maybe early 2000s, right? I mean, at least that early on when you had that ability to, and in, and on hospitals, we've been very slow to adapt to that. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. uh, and so, I, I, but it's hard though. It's a hard choice to to look at the way um, uh, to, to to present the data in a way that consumers can actually reveal and, and review and actually access that information. And that's kind of what I'm going to be talking about, right? Is the, the the challenge that physicians have and that health systems have with how do you present your data in a way that consumers can actually utilize and use it to make good, smart choices, right? Um, I think you know there's a, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different. Uh, Different ways to kind of cut, uh, cut, uh, you know, cut through that. But um, I think the the one tool online that people always turn to is like, how do you find a doctor online? Mm -hmm. right? That's that's what it boils down to. The find a doctor tool, and what any hospital out there when they talk about a find a doctor tool, you, they they kind of know what they're what we're referring to here. If you go to any hospital website anywhere, a health system website, they have pretty much the same thing, which is find a doctor, and that's the number one thing consumers do when they go online. Tell me a little bit about like, I mean, from, so I have a unique perspective on that, but haven't you guys, um, haven't you guys uh, done some research around how consumers search for, for physicians online? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of our products is actually a uh, provider search and, and scheduling solution that is consumer facing that hospitals can actually embed on their hospital website. So as we were launching that product, we, we, we started to think, okay, you know, what are the, the benchmarks? Um, you know, what are some of the, the attributes that uh, consumers who are searching online, both for physician appointments, but also for just other things? You know, what is the general bar uh, that we need to hit um, for an online uh, shopping experience for, for anything? And then how do we apply that to healthcare? Um, so we've done a number of different uh, things. One is that we actually have a, an assessment tool that we've uh, rolled out that has a you know 22 point scale of uh, what are the the things that your current find a physician tool provides, um, and how does that measure up to what we believe to be a modern standard for what a consumer would seek from those types of services? And um, and I think it's been uh, just uh, really eye opening to run that analysis for both our existing customers, but also for some of our prospects who are considering solutions in the space, and just see how number one how low some of those scores can be at baseline, but also the just extreme heterogeneity across different websites, even though they sort of serve the, the same basic core, um, we are seeing a, a great deal of variation, um, you know, across different health systems, across different regions of the country, et cetera. Um, and, and then the second thing we did was actually say, okay, let's actually look at this from the consumer perspective. What do they want? What are they doing today? What do they, what do they want to do? Um, and how does that actually stratify, demographically speaking? I think we all have a thesis that the trends, uh, you know, for millennials these days or some of the younger generations, they are seeking different things. And yet, you know, the majority of healthcare spend um, is really in kind of the, the older populations, folks with multiple chronic diseases. Um, and so how do we kind of serve those populations? 
populations as well. Um, so we recently ran a consumer survey of a thousand individuals across multiple age groups who had uh, some sort of healthcare service provided to them in the last two years. So somebody who had experience um, looking for either primary care or specialty care, and uh, and had a series of questions around. Um, how did you go about your search? Where did you get recommendations from? What type of information did you seek, et cetera? And, and, and had some really, really interesting takeaways from that. Well, can, um, maybe, Chris, you want to try hazarding a guess? What do you think consumers find to be most important when they're looking for a doctor? Yeah. I, I have a thought. I know. Hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> how updated their picture is? Photo. No, in, in all seriousness, photos tend to be a very important sure. part of the selection process. Sure. They, you know, they want somebody who they trust and who looks reasonably credible. And we've actually done some live user testing uh, studies to show that there are some pretty emotional reactions that, that consumers might have when they see the photo of a physician. So in all seriousness, that is important. It's, you know, <laughs> it's totally true because I, I've actually used that myself when I've, when I've spoken on things like brand, um, you know, if I've gone up to in front of a client, like a whole senior leadership who had just changed a brand identity and I went up to present the new identity and I did it though intentionally in like torn jeans, like an old t-shirt. And at first I came into the room and I hung out the back because I knew I was coming up and somebody actually like came back to me and said, can we help you? You know, like they thought I was like <laughs> not supposed to be there. I went up there and I made the point. I'm like, look, what did you guys expect when I walked up here? You probably didn't expect a lot. You don't know that I've been doing this for 20 years. You don't know that I'm a brand expert. You don't know what I'm about to talk about. This impression made a huge difference on you, which is why this change in your identity is so important. And it's the same kind of thing. Of course, a doctor's expertise is going to be more important and their experience and, and all that stuff over time. But if they don't get past that first impression sometimes, they never even get to that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we've actually had a number of our customers, as they're deploying our product, the marketing teams will actually sponsor a photo booth event when yeah. physicians can actually come in. They suggest that they wear a white coat, you know, look professional um, and standardize, you know, really the photographs of individual physicians across their entire website um, because otherwise it looks very haphazard. So, uh, so we are seeing that people are paying attention to that and that hospitals are also willing to invest in higher quality photographs um, to make sure that that first impression is positive. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, Julie, what, what are some of the other top points that you found or from your research? Yeah, so um, what's been interesting is, is looking at things that actually are making the headlines in the popular press. So I know you guys had a, a podcast earlier this year about cost transparency and, you know, quality ratings um, and, and things of that nature, which are, you know, more, I would say, on the cutting edge of the types of data that people are starting to look for. But, you know, some of the research suggests that um, you know, not only is it hard to find, but even when it is there, that consumers are not necessarily leveraging it yet. Our research corroborated that and showed that, um, you know, things like patient ratings, things like quality rankings, things like cost were not in the top five um, of, of attributes that folks wanted. Really what it boiled down to was some pretty low-hanging fruit, to be frank. Um, there are some very basic things that are very you know, seem trivial um, you know, in terms of information, but are really hard to find. And I think we've all probably experienced this. So the number one criteria was insurance. So ironically, um, even though many consumers uh, start their search on the insurance website and you know, can look at the, ne the networks with, uh, in, in which these providers participate, those websites can be very difficult to use, whether the data is out of date. They've got, we've found many, multiple instances of um, 
doctors being duplicated, you know, and having multiple records, none of which really matched each other. And so truly verifying whether or not a provider accepts insurance turns out to be a tremendously challenging problem that we work with every single one of our customers to solve in some places from scratch. You know, they were working off of spreadsheets or post-it notes and just anecdotal information they collected one by one along the way. And, uh, you know, part of what we're aiming to do is, is provide more systematic ways to do that. So insurance by far, number one, you want to be able to get paid, uh, reimbursed, you know, for what you are getting. And that, that makes a ton of sense. Um, another major criteria that consumers conveyed as uh, important was what kind of experience does a physician actually have seeing my type of condition or doing my type of procedure? And again, this is something that seems so trivial. I want to you know, find someone who, if I've got to a, a knee um, issue, I want to know that this guy has actually done um, you know, knee cases that match the, the type of, of situation that I'm in. But again, that tends to be something that is nearly impossible to find online today. How do I know what their procedure volumes are? Or even that this is within the scope of the practice of a given physician. Um, so the example there would be, I, I don't want to just know that he's an orthopedic surgeon, but I want to know that he actually specializes in knees. And um, again, our assessments using that diagnostic I mentioned earlier show that that data are typically missing from uh, many of these online sources. So Julie, to that point, I mean, I think that that's like, you know, a lot of hospitals are like, well, he's an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah. What else do you need to know, right? Exactly. <laughs> We're going to sort all the orthopedic surgeons the same way. And um, I think what you're getting at is like, you know, their experience around knee surgery versus spine surgery versus what have you, right? Exactly. And, and that becomes really, really difficult. I, having come from within, right? Um, a lot of times they're gathering that data from uh, uh, from from the credentialing database. What mm -hmm. is certified specialty. That should be enough for them to, to pivot on, uh, you know, going even in deeper. How, how are you, how have you been working with, with, with some of your clients about getting that additional information? Yeah, no, that's, uh, you just put your, your, your finger on, on exactly the point that is a challenge for folks is that if you rely on the more traditional taxonomies and means for describing physician expertise, they are, um, oftentimes many years behind actual clinical practice. So an example is board certification, which you mentioned, the uh, ABMS board specialty taxonomy does not include anything related to knee surgery, even though we know in practice physicians are specializing in that area. And, you know, again, maybe in five years time, there will be a board certification for knee surgery, but today there isn't. And so most credentialing databases are built on that the sort of historical paradigm. And therefore, using those vocabularies and the terms that are available to them, they simply don't have the, the granularity or the resolution that they need to describe those areas. And so when th the, the way that we've solved for this is to actually provide provide that vocabulary. It's, again, a very simple solution to a seemingly trivial problem, but um, we provide an out-of-the-box library that uh, physicians can engage in, individual physicians can um, actually pull terms into their profile. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're organized and clustered in different ways so that if I say, you know, I'm, I'm this type of, of GI doc or that type of cardiologist, um, it, it will kind of focus in on, on the specific diagnoses and procedures, so not just even subspecialties, but literally the diagnoses and procedures and conditions that that type of physician sees. And that's just been a huge win for the physicians, frankly, because they now, for the first time, have a means to describe why they're unique. And it's a marketing tool for them. And it also not just, you know, boosts their confidence that they're going to get the right doc uh, right patients, but, um, you know, from a marketing perspective, clearly you want to be showing the breadth and depth of your physician network using 
as specific terminology as possible. It helps with even tactical things like SEO. Um, so that, that's been our approach from a product perspective. And we're already showing that a, kind of this keyword search-based paradigm uh, helps improve the precision of the match between the patient and the provider. So this this is just driving me crazy, you guys, because, I mean, Julie, I don't know how, how much you know about kind of the crusade that Chris and I have been on for the past five or 10 years to try to move hospitals to a place where they are focused on the right things in terms of marketing themselves and promoting themselves and building their brands. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about all the time is there's so much money, way too much money and effort spent on big brand mass advertising campaigns. Um, I mean, heck, most of the time, don't even, there's not even a call to action for it. So it's really not, um, it's not really driving people anywhere. But if those are successful, they're supposed to drive you into the organization or into a website. And it still just boggles my mind that, that we still, in this industry, the dominant focus is that. And people leave this kind of stuff just hanging. They leave it in, in a bad place. Um, if you are seriously wanting to drive people in and become new patients, it starts with a physician almost every time. Obviously, the ED is separate, urgent care is separate. So there's other portals into the organization. But finding the right doc is the number one portal. And so to spend so much, millions of dollars in some organizations, and then you know, just kind of ignore or cross your fingers that they're going to be able to find what they're looking for without trying to optimize this. Um, oh, it just drives, it just drives me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's so hard though, Chris, because I mean, they're relying on systems. It's so often, you know, they were, they were saying, Oh no, no, excuses, excuses. But, but, no, 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 you no, no. sound like a hospital. No, no, no. But I mean, I'm just, I'm just mirroring. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, things, I know. Right. I mean, they're, they're using this, like they, I, so often I've heard it's like, well, who keeps the most up-to-date information on the doctors? Our credentialing database does. Okay. Yep. And I'm like, well, no, it's not. This is not a credentialing tool. This is a marketing tool. Right. Your website is what consumers are using to make choices. Yeah. And you need to spend that time to invest in this and to start to choose those those terms. I mean, and and start to to give them give them the the way to access that data in a way that they are actually searching. Yeah. A couple points I'll make there. I mean, one is that it's it's it is a non-trivial problem for better or for worse because. Um, it's not just a consumer problem. I mean, the, the vast majority of appointments today are still facilitated by a physician right. referring to another physician or an ED discharge or even a call center agent, you know, um, serving a, a concierge type purpose. And so, you know, we see across our customer base a breakdown of still, you know, 99% of, of volume coming through those sort of enterprise channels and a very small percentage, you know, less than 1% today um, that's truly consumer driven. And even those people who are serving the 99% don't have these tools. And, you know, it's not it's not just us as consumers that are suffering. It's literally the nurse coordinator right. sitting at at, you know the ED department. She she doesn't have that data either. So, um, you know, part of the, the the approach that we've taken is really to create, uh, you know, for the first time for most of these organizations, a single point of access for that data that can serve multiple stakeholders and end users. And you know, the the primary problem that we're looking to solve for these customers is who are my doctors? They're really answering that question of who are my doctors. 
what do they do, where do they practice, what insurances do they accept, really kind of a supply side, um, you know, understanding and, and intelligence uh, type initiative, which is the basis for, for all of this. And I, I would actually characterize that as really the, the fundamental problem that needs to be solved is that the reason that those calls to action don't exist is that there is still a disconnect between an understanding of the demand side of these networks and what actually exists as available supply um, within the hospital networks. All right. Well, Julie, we warned you this would happen, right? I mean, when you when when, when you're having fun, time flies. So we've got a we've got a hard stop for this. We've got to stop, and we've got other topics we want to get into. So what I would like to do is invite you to come back and join us after the Atlas Conference. So that would be great. You can talk, and Chris, you can talk a little bit too about your experience there. But you guys can talk about, uh, you know, what you heard, what people learned, what the buzz was, and we'll get into this other conversation that Julie, I know you raised, uh, which I think is so fascinating. I'm not even going to tease it now, but uh, I want to have us have time to go through that. So we'll find a time where we're not up against the clock. But uh, there's just so much more we could be talking about, and I want to I want to have that opportunity. So if you're cool with that, we'll have you come back and share even more from the the conference. Does that sound okay? I would be honored to come back, guys. Thanks so much. Okay, that would be terrific. So we're going to wrap things up. Uh, wow, that was one of those podcasts, by the way, where you know sometimes we get into Walking Dead and sometimes we get into some fluffy stuff. That was some quality, <laughs> quality podcast right there. Really, seriously. I think so too. Good stuff. So hopefully, you know, we'll promote the heck out of this and get it out there because we all agree that this is this is an area that hospitals need to focus on. So. Uh, Julie, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I, I welcome everyone to go visit atlasconference.com to learn more about our symposium that's coming up later this month. Perfect, right. perfect. And for Healthcare Marketing Underground, I'll sign off. This is Chris Bevelo and Chris Boyer and, and Julie. And there we go. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks, everybody.